This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Today, we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man movies. This is a topic we've been meaning to do for a while. This is, We're finally getting to the uh, the earlier topic ideas that we had when we first said, hey, why don't we do a show? Um, Most deaf. Yeah. This is... So I figure we'll kind of relegate it to Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and then maybe we'll touch on Garfield if we have time. But, like, for the <laughs> That movie, does feel like its own show at this point, and also it seems like a much more negative show, I think, as well. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, because after Spider-Man 3, I was so ready for a reboot, even though people were like, a reboot already? I'm like, yes, already. I am tired of looking at Tobey Maguire cry. But by the time we got Spider-Man... I remember they launched all that promo material for Amazing Spider-Man. You saw those gold eyes and that horrible, like, like almost Ben Riley-esque redesign. And I was like, yep. oh. It's, it's funny. The original Amazing Spider-Man, you know, probably, you know, encapsulates the moment in time when I was following the production of a movie all the way through. Because, you know, I was just starting to get well-known on the internet. And I'm like, well, this is my job now. I got to follow this. I got to know what I'm talking about. And literally everything I heard from it sounded horrible. Because you'll recall wasn't supposed to be Amazing Spider-Man. We were supposed to get Raimi Spider-Man 4, and then you heard every day how that fell to shit, and how eventually they're like, reboot it, make it younger, hippier, yeah, hipper, you know sexier, more Twilight. I mean, I was not interested in a Spider-Man 4. By the time that the, the Spider-Man 3 I. ended, I was like, no more. Spider-Man 3 salted the earth. It has to be one of the worst, Like, and now you have shot yourself in the foot and can only reboot. It really felt, but we'll, let, 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 let's let's get there. We'll do it in order. Uh, okay, so Spider-Man 1 comes out in a vacuum of really amazing superhero movies. There are like two at that time, maybe. I think it's X-Men. Came out in 2000, mm -hmm. which kind of like set things off, of course, before. That was Blade, gotta say. Yep. Blade which came people out always first. forget. Don't forget Blade. And I will admit, I enjoyed Blade when it came out, but I'm not the oh. biggest Blade fan. I just enjoyed the fact that it like... Would you like a movie about a black yellow hunter? Yeah, yes. I'm totally down. Here it is in all of its glory, and it literally encapsulates like what it meant to live in 1999. Trench it really did. Swords, techno, vampires, Stephen Dorff. It was it's awesome. a wonderful time capsule. Yeah, it really is. If you ever like what, what was it like to live in 1999? You watch American Pie and Blade. <laughs> yep. That's to it. Get the that, two ends of the spectrum. That's what it was like. That was it was like in those days back in back in my day. You yeah. see. But uh, I remember. Oh man, I actually I, I was a little bit of an amateur videographer myself back in like high school days and earlier and like middle school. And I was shooting a lot of stuff like with just random little VHS cameras. And I shot um, my friends and I hanging out behind the YMCA as you're wont to do when you're a teenager in New Jersey with nothing else better to do. And uh, they had already launched the teaser, the now banned Spider-Man teaser. Oh, with the World Trade Center, the yeah. World Trade Center and like the crappy bank heist, which I was kind of down. Like that teaser, by the way, if you've never seen the teaser, it's, there's a thousand copies on on YouTube. But uh, it, it just you, you see a basic like 
kind of amateur heat-esque uh, bank heist where a bunch yeah. of really coordinated, well-dressed gentlemen break into a bank, don't hurt anybody, steal all their all the money, go up to the roof, jump into a helicopter, and then try and leave. And then the helicopter gets webbed by Spider-Man, you don't see him, and then it gets caught in a giant web betwixt the two towers uh, in the Manhattan skyline. Amazing visual, really oh, yeah. cool image, uh, and then they played, like, whatever Tony Hawk music that they had at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they say they're a hero. No, 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 no. Or, Oh, that's the sequel. <laughs> that's, that's the sequel. No, the one where it was like, I want to take you. And it's like this weird, like, pro skateboarding-esque music. Of but, course. Uh, but that said, there was, uh, but it was, and then it shows Spider-Man's head and then a weird webbing of it. Like, you know, he's flicking a, his, his web and then and then that's it. And you're like... And then the the what will be known later as the PlayStation font uh, comes up that says Spider-Man. It was the PlayStation font, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, and you're like, for me, my my news source was Wizard Magazine, and I stopped reading Wizard Magazine by that point. Yeah. And I went, they're making a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> No way. Because, you know, I, you got to remember, too, it's like up until this point, everyone, the rights to a Spider-Man movie were, you know, in a in a web of their own, actually, exactly. of people who owned it and people who were trying to make it and, like, ones that, you know, had happened. There's, of course, the James Cameron one that we joke about forever that was in the pipeline. That was the big one. That was uh, James Cameron and his uh, company, Carl Co., purchased the rights to Spider-Man, then Carlco went out of business, tried to pull itself out of business, out of bankruptcy by selling off the rights, but it had a, it owned... The, the rights for Spider-Man, the movie, had been in flux for so long that people like Jim Carrey and Leonardo DiCaprio were rumored to be involved in production for those movies. Um, and ultimately, uh, when Bill Jemis helped take over with Marvel, uh, he was like, okay, no more. Just throw lawyers at it and fix it. And then they... Make this happen. Uh, but if yeah, if you were a longtime Spider-Man fan from you know the '80s into the '90s, then you knew you knew that there was never going to be a Spider-Man movie because of how fucked it was. And then they made one, and we were hanging out back behind the YMCA, and somebody goes, one of my friends was like, "Hey, did you see that Spider-Man trailer?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I did." He goes, "That was so <laughs> lame." Aww. And everyone laughed. And I'm like, why is this funny? I, I look forward to Spider-Man. They're like, well, that was so stupid. And uh, and also, doesn't Spider-Man suck? Aren't comic books for gay for children? And I was like, <laughs> what? And that's when I found out, like, okay, don't talk about comic books in front of my friends. But, um, yeah. it. Uh, and then, of course, it hit big. Uh, you saw it in theaters, I assume. No, I didn't actually. I'm glad you, we, you asked this question. Here's the thing. That movie came out around a time where I was kind of in the outs with comic books and superheroes, if you can believe it. Yeah, a dark chapter in the <laughs> Cape Joel life where I wasn't into that stuff. And I was thinking to myself when I heard that there was going to be a Spider-Man movie, I'm like, it won't be good. It'll be Batman and Robin. Hollywood doesn't care, man. Hollywood doesn't get it. Yeah. You know, there's no point in getting excited about it. Someone actually, like, you know, was like, no, 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 I think you would did this. I, I was somewhere else and someone put it on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is, is Spider-Man. Yeah. This is the Spider-Man that I remember from the cartoons, only only he can punch people. Yeah, only he doesn't have to kick them awkwardly or push <laughs> them or throw them through a nearly conveniently open window into some fluffy pillows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that... Let me tell you something. I watched that movie in theaters as a kid, and I was like, here we go. This'll be... 
I I, I knew no, I I knew to expect nothing except I was like, oh cool, Sam Raimi's making it, so it'll be totally stupid, and it was, but not in the way that like you expected. It was because, good, stupid. Yeah, it's it, funny, even the idea of getting Sam Raimi, he was kind of a nerd icon in his own way, you know, from Evil Dead and everything like that. He was an interesting choice. Yeah, and uh, pitch perfect for the time. That's the thing. Absolutely. That in, a, in a vacuum of good superhero movies, in a time before Civil War and comics, Spider-Man movie really worked and set the stage and the precedent for modern superhero movies it really did we wouldn't have the marvel cinematic universe as we know we wouldn't have anything as we know it if not for this spider-man i would argue it was every bit as important to this generation of superhero movies as the richard donner superman was back in the day and for a whole generation i think it holds a special place in people's hearts because of that absolutely and that was because i think it towed the line in a really really fantastic way of being a faithful origin adaptation with the notable and and to be expected, reasonable Hollywood alterations, organic webbing, mm. yeah. uh, truncated origin where like Mary Jane literally lived next door, and you know like there was there were a lot of shifts. Like Mary Jane's a high school girlfriend instead of meeting yeah. her afterwards and stuff like that. Just really kind of like compartmentalize the Spider-Man mythos into a movie, but in a respectful way. Not in a, oh, it's all wrong now. Yes, in in a respectful and like almost in a very non-offensive corporate like you know, giant boardroom table committee kind of way. In a way where if you read the James Cameron Spider-Man scripts and there are multiple scripts and they're all goddamn terrible, uh, they just completely, they're like, we're going to do a movie about Spider-Man that is that feels nothing like a Spider-Man movie <laughs> because I know better than comic books because I make movies and I'm, I make more money than the people who make comic books. Um, the, this was a person who clearly, like, Sam Raimi had to fight to make this silly kind of like 20 percent wrong spider-man movie that kind of quirky too and everything what i love about it is that you know raimi did possibly the best thing you could do and that is he ignored the last two decades of spider-man and was like no we're going back to the 60s we're going back to the lee ditko stuff but in a modern era oh yeah no i mean i i can imagine them kind of in the, like, early 90s wanting to just do straight up Spider-Man's an adult, and he's married, and he has all this stuff, and he's fighting the lizard, like, just and start... Symbiotes. Start now. Yeah, start with Venom. Um, but no, they were like, he's gotta fight, like, a guy, and not like an alien, and make it confusing. Just do mm. the thing from the page. Start at the beginning and work your way to aliens. Uh, unfortunately... Yeah, you, you, you can fuck it up later. Make a nice base now, and then later you can fuck it all no, up. To- totally. So, saw it in theaters and really loved it for its kind of campiness and its its youthful kind of feeling. Mm. Uh, it was like a wide-eyed, optimistic movie. Youthful exuberance is what I would call yeah, it. Yeah, because it really, it's trying hard, and it wants you to like it, but not in a pathetic way. And uh, during the, like, obviously the effects, some of the effects really work because Raimi only knows, you know, he's like, okay, I'll use some CG here, but, like, I only know how to really use, like, practical effects. Exactly, and that's perfect for yeah, so him. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments where it's it's either digital trickery, where it's, you know, like that image of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, underneath the little, like, window alcove hiding from Norman Osborn. You know, that's obviously some kind of, like, digital trickery, but he still physically, like, put it someplace. It's just, it, it worked really well. 
Uh, even it, even though in the context of now, some of the CG looks pretty bad. Like I'm I'm saying yeah. specifically the Macy Gray balloon parade. Yeah. Uh, but like, and what's funny about that whole sequence is how bad everything looks. Like the the balloons, Spider Man, Green Goblin, that weird like Coliseum esque like European castle thing in the middle of Times Square that <laughs> was obviously like a breakaway set. Um, it was on TV the other day, so I was literally I was like, "Damn, that looks." That looks like you built a thing. It looks like a Hollywood action ride at like Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that said, you love what happened, and when you're watching it for the first time, and when you don't have a Spider-Man movie, and you've been waiting for one for your entire life, this is the one you want because it, d- it delivers on every basic principle. You get Aunt May, totally. you get Mary Jane. You don't. Uh, you get Uncle Ben. You don't waste your time. Like, like you get Harry. This was the movie that introduced us to James Franco. Well, if you weren't watching Freaks and Geeks, unless you're watching still. Freaks and Geeks, which my sister was at the time, she was like, "Holy crap, the kid from Freaks and Geeks got a big movie!" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's doing." It, it kind of launched the careers of everyone in it, which you know is saying something. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, like Willem Dafoe became kind of a household name. He was working at the time, but oh yeah, I know, mean, he was in you know Mississippi Burning and all that other stuff. He was an actor, exactly. but like, first of all, Boondock Saints going to get released. Okay, so. But, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, but I dug it despite the, and then I remember hearing the, the criticisms. I just saw it and just enjoyed it. Then come the criticisms where they're like, Green Goblin looks like a Power Ranger. And I love Power Rangers. I love the Green Goblin. I don't care. See, I, and what's funny is I convinced myself at the time as a kid to love the Green Goblin suit because you get to see Willem Dafoe's face a little bit Mm. in there. And so he can kind of act. But, uh, you know, it really, it really is silly and stupid looking when you look, when you think about it for, <laughs> for a minute or two. Yeah. Uh, especially it's when. It's funny, you, you see the makeup test later on that came out where it's like, well, actually we did, we're going to give him like a monster mask, but we decided not to. Yeah. If you go on YouTube and type in like the makeup test for Green Goblin for Spider-Man, there's one where it was like a real, like a real like face conforming augmented mask that looked just like Green Goblin from the comics. And you're like, holy shit. It always made me think of, yeah, again, it made me think of the cartoons in the comics where it's like, oh, but when I put it on, it's my face, though. (laughs) Yeah. The thing about it is, like, he needs to be able to get in and out of it quickly so that people don't Mm -hmm. believe that he's the Green Goblin. And it would be hard for him to take off this very expensive, very intricate mask and where he would put it. Yeah, it was just, it was fine. It Like, I, I gave it a total pass because it had no, its context was... The, mo- the superhero movies that everybody holds up to be the greatest of all time, and Batman and Robin. So, like, you got no other place to go. And so what you do is you do some kind of half measure, and I think it worked. Then you're like, okay, we got the origin, we got an adventure, we got the spider sense, we got webbing, we got the suit, and it looked pretty much like the Spider-Man suit. And got great that, power, I mean, great responsibility. Love the actor who was Uncle Ben in yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's he yeah he played the president of the United States in Escape from L.A. I think. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I knew him from. But uh, yeah, Cliff Robertson, I think, is his name. Good the, guy. You got Robbie, and of course, it introduced the world to J.K. Simmons as J., as J. Jonah Jameson. Yet to be surpassed. It, yes. It also introduced us to Elizabeth Banks, who played Betty Brant. Oh, yes. Who was enchanting and beautiful and amazing, and you're like, I want more of her. Why? <laughs> like, I, I, I loved Kirsten Dunst as uh, Mary Jane. I thought that was really cool. For me, a couple things that got me... Like, what were some things that convinced you? Like, holy shit, I'm watching a I'm watching a superhero movie. Like, I'm watching Spider Man on the screen. 
uh, you know, as cliche as it is, when he saves those people from the burning building and everything, I'm like, yep, this is superheroes. This is what happens. Another building's on fire. Oh, the one, who, the woman who's like, save my baby, please. Like, yeah, yeah, that. Obviously not a baby. Yeah. Um, I, liked, I I dug that. For me, the moment where uh, Pete's in the backyard, Mary Jane comes up to him, and you have Danny Elfman's score for the two of them, mm. and she's and and he she says like what she wants to do after graduation, and he's like, what do you want to do? And she's really hesitant about it, and she goes, I want to act. When she says yeah. act, you're like, yes, that's what was. Mary Jane will try to be and do. Like that's what I want, and I it just completely I I was hooked at that moment because like. I cared about their struggle, and I also was being respected by by being given characters whose motivations were similar to those I knew and was was familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, I kind of dug that whole goleming scene between Willem Dafoe and himself in the mirror. I dug it too. It was Again, pre gollum. It's pre gollum and also very much like Spider Man the animated series when he would always argue with himself in the mirror. Yeah, no, except he sounded like Skeletor for no reason. <laughs> I'm the Green Goblin. The heart, a true warrior, goes after the heart. Oh my god, I like it. Yeah. Finish it. Finish it. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Goblin should be hammy. He should be a little bit annoying. Oh. The moment that pulled me out of the movie, though, was when he said, We'll meet again, Spider-Man! I go, <laughs> really? Okay, guys, you're you're doing you're doing fine. You didn't need that. Um, there was a great so moment. So Saturday morning cartoon. Okay, so how many viewings did it take for you to recognize Xena Warrior Princess as one of the uh, one of the testimonial characters? Is she? What? <laughs> did did she, I not pick up on that? Yeah, all she's this the punk time? rock chick who's like, guy with eight hands sounds hot. That's Lucy Lawless. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah, I was She's like damn near unrecognizable. Yeah, and uh what's it called? Uncle Ben drives the classic. That's right, which is in every every Sam Raimi movie. That's good. But yeah, there were a couple moments where I was like, Oh, look at Sam Raimi pulling in the friends. Of course, Bruce Campbell plays the ringmaster who As he well, will not keep the doing master, but like you know, he plays the fucking MC Wrestling and, announcer. Wrestling yeah. announcer, and he also gives Spider Man his name. Amazing scene. Randy Savage in probably one of his best roles looking swole as fuck as Bonesaw. Bonesaw! I've been doing this forever now, thanks to those that terrible movie. Hey, Freak Shows! <laughs> Speaking of Freak Shows... Uh, it was so good in that, Randy Savage. I like when he died, everyone was sure to keep playing that clip where it's like he only had a couple minutes of screen time, but he made everyone fall in love with him in just a couple minutes of screen time. <laughs> Bonesaw's ready! Got you for three minutes. It's a playtime. What are you doing, man? <laughs> he's doing what made him famous is what he's doing. Yeah, that was weird. It's weird funny because in the comics, the guy he fights is Crusher Hogan, right? Yes, which, of course, Hulk Hogan. And... But they already had Hulk Hogan in one of the Rocky movies, so they weren't going to get, what you going to do, Spider Brother? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how different it would have been if they cashed him in the role. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, yeah, holy crap. Staying away from you, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, Tommy McGuire um, became a household name out of after that. Yeah. Uh, and the first movie, I really like him. I like then, him too. He's, he's, he is a good every man that you can see yourself in because he wants to do good in this world, but he's human and, you know, and he wants the girl and wants all this other stuff. He is very... He's, he's Marty McFly-ish in a way. Yeah, only... With, like, a tenth of the charisma of Michael J. Fox. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, Michael J. Fox, there's only one of him, sadly. Damn right. Uh, but uh, 
Do you remember the whole controversy after Spider-Man 1 where Tobey Maguire was in Seabiscuit and he oh, really yeah. hurt his back and then he wasn't going to be in Spider-Man 2 because he really didn't want to do sp- superhero movies. He wanted to be like a he wanted to be the, like the the Tobey Maguire from The Cider House Rules. Mm, yeah, that was uh, the fear, yeah. Which is was of course was blatant false advertising by the way. The Cider House did not rule at all. It was actually a story <laughs> about like abortion and stuff. It was really depressing. But uh that said, uh then Jake Gyllenhaal who had auditioned to play Spider-Man and was all, what, like it was between I think Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire like came in and what was a, ready to play Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2. And then, what an interesting alternate universe that would have been if they picked Gyllenhaal over him. He would have been like, he would have been, he, I think Gyllenhaal would have been better. I think he would have infused a little more humor and wit into the, the character. I know that's a big complaint that the Raimi Spider-Man didn't quip enough or wasn't funny enough in the first one. No, and what's funny is, like, I don't think that's his fault. I think that was just the fault of the writing. I think Tobey Maguire is kind of like a slave to the script. Because, it didn't bother me nearly as much. Because there's quips in the beginning, like in the bone saw scene. He has yeah, quips. Exactly. He totally gay baits that, bo- that poor bone saw into <laughs> getting beaten up. But, oh, did uh, your husband make that out before he <laughs> like, oh, you did not just make fun of my sexual orientation. <laughs> uh, but you have you have that you have those quips. You have a little bit. He calls him Gobby, which people complain about. But I was like, that's what he calls him in the comics. Like, I don't true. Know, what are you guys complaining uh, about? Every Marvel character has a name. Hey, Webhead. Hey, Hornhead. Hey, Goldilocks, etc., yeah. etc. Uh, he also webs uh, J. Jonah Jameson's mouth shut. He doesn't web him to the seat like you'd expect, but it's still pretty funny. Of course, James one of my favorite perfect. scenes in a. Uh, what is it? Is it the first one, or maybe it's the second one, where uh, Jonah very subtly and stealthily stands up for Spider-Man when, uh, oh yeah, where Goblin is like, you know, where's Parker? You know, who takes his pictures? Oh, I don't know. Even though he's been making fun of him and berating him the whole time, you see that he actually is a journalist who gives a shit. That's right. And I don't it's know who he is. Real- stuff comes in the mail. I was like, that's such a. St-. I'm like, what's funny is I remember people seeing the movie for the first time who didn't really care about Spider-Man or didn't read the comics. They they caught on that moment too, and they really liked him as a result. Me, I'm like, yeah, that's Jared Jones Jameson, man. He's a son of a bitch, but he's also, he has integrity. He's a man of integrity. He has a heart of gold. You compare that to what they do with, like, Perry White in the new Superman movies, and you're like, you missed it. You totally missed it, didn't you? It's not 1939 anymore, Clark Kent. Oh, I, I hate that line so much. That he is had for to have you. Known. That is like, fuck you. It's not 1939 oh, oh. anymore. Oh, oh, you picked the year the first Superman comic came out? Yeah, here's what I think about you, Snyder. Yeah, exactly. Right uh, back at you, bro. So you got so you got Spider-Man 1. It blows the doors off the superhero franchise. How could it possibly rival the next one? Also, uh, it breaks the rule of two, where it's one bad guy. Yes. Then they, they talk about doing two, one bad guy. And it's like it's, apparently shit. that happened a bunch because apparently in original scripts for the first one it was going to be Goblin and Doc Ock, then in the second one it was going to be Go- or uh, Doc Ock and Black Cat, but they always came back to being like, no, one, let's not Batman and Robin this shit. Yes, yes. And thank God they did. Yeah, they they really. Well, so okay, then we get to Spider Man Two, which was which for some people is still like the perfect superhero film i really i know you and i have had this argument before i really like it and maybe it's just a matter of me seeing it more i remember i got snowed in one year and that was like the brand new dvd we had back when people bought dvds and i watched that one on repeat i probably have that one committed to memory better than i do the first one Mm. i saw spider-man 2 in the theaters i took a date Oh yes, and I, uh, I that, that was I turned it into a date. I bought her ticket, and 
she was like, oh, we're, this is a date now, and it became a whole thing. But <laughs> Spider-Man 2, man, crazy good. Uh, Alfred Molina, who... Perfect people, casting. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's... Uh, He's from uh, Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's the one guy who oh, says, yeah. like, throw me the idol and I'll throw you the whip. Uh, I believe he's also in many other things that were much later. <laughs> he, he, he was Ares in the Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Is he really? He is. Yeah, he's Ares. No, that's the terrible actor who plays Stryker in X-Men Origins Wolverine. That's who's No, no, no. Ch- check it out. In the Wonder Woman animated movie, that's oh, him. That's Ares. the animated movie. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the... Oh, the new one the that's new coming one. out. Yeah, no, no, he no. is. He plays Ares. He plays the devil in Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, he's excellent in that episode, Needful Things. Yeah, I'm, I'm the devil, devil biatch. Uh, <laughs> he's so great. And that is the mo- that's where Raimi totally gets to go all evil dead. I mean, like the moment when Rosie dies and like the window breaks and you see mm. a reflection in the coming shards of glass. Uh, you got the scene, which is eerily similar to the autopsy scene from Independence Day. Yes. Where Doc Ock gets his, uh, where they're going to amputate his arms and then the arms come He gets to, to make his own little mini horror movie in Spider-Man 2 with all the tentacles killing all that the doctors. That moment is so great because no one is expecting it in the theater. No. I remember watching it and being like, okay, I know what this is going to be. And everyone's like, what? There's also a chainsaw in that scene. They're like, no, you don't. And you're like, Jesus Christ, yeah, he kind of turns the whole Doc Ock character on his head, too, where in the comics it's like, you no, know, oh, Doc Ock can psychically control his tentacles wherever they are. Oh, now his tentacles are actually messing with his mind. Yeah, that introduced the idea that the arms were, like, alive and, like, had their own mind of their own, which I was never really a big fan of, but I like They don't do much with it. Here's the thing. I liked that idea within the context of that movie. I was like, that's yeah. fine. If you're going to do that, if you want to, if you want to help his... If you want to help his redemption by saying that he was being controlled by the arms, like, that's fine. I'll take it. Like Also, making Doc Ock into, like, a dark mirror of Peter Parker being like, you know, this is the life you could have, you know, yes. if everything works out. You could be a happy dude with a life uh, – with a wife who loves you who gets to do science all the time. That's the thing is uh, – I mean, like, that's how good movies are made where, like, the villain is a reflection of the hero's – own personal struggle and he's I've always like, felt that way. microcosm of the actual conflict within him that's how the movies should be made like that's how it should probably be made um it shouldn't just be like and then a space troll comes in and punches the bad guy like well what does he mean what does he represent how is he how how does he represent the actual like emotional core struggle in the story like who cares no giant cave troll punches bad guy or good guy i want to blow up the world why what will that earn you someone's gonna do it because i'm mad i mean even a a person who just wants to destroy the world because he's mad has its place but you gotta you gotta you gotta make that you gotta earn that shit yeah Um, and spider-man 2 does uh, it also goes. It also d- kind of builds on the uh, the end of the movie. Usually, you know, oh, they play with this. Light. They play with this idea, you know, where um, the, the 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 female lead is an idiot who is constantly either like not sure if the hero is actually a superhero or not, and stuff like that. Mm. You're know, like, yeah. But this one was literally the the last scene in the movie is. They kiss, she's like, you're Spider-Man, and then he leaves, and then he tries to keep her at arm's length, and she's like, I'm not going to let you push me away until you're honest with me about this shit. I Wonderful ending that has actual growth for the character. Yeah, they don't just go like, well, that was a cool moment, but let's forget it, because I want to tell the story about Doc Ock. Like, no, it's a story, and it, 
it, it grows. And even growth for uh, James Franco and Harry Osborn's character, you know, him trying to fill his father's shoes and him going a little mad and cracking under the pressure that he can't quite seem to do it and the, blaming Spider-Man for all his own shortcomings. The most frustrating thing about that is that it – that for me is not very earned. You know, his whole like, I've got – like, I've Spider-Man killed my dad and it's like and, – and Peter Parker being like, no, Harry, I can't tell you – I can't even say he didn't. Like, I can't just be on it. The, the whole theme of those movies is don't tell Harry because Harry needs to be protected from the truth. Because <laughs> Harry's an idiot, apparently. Like, because Harry's an idiot boy child who does it, who can't be trusted with his own feelings, which is wrong and stupid. Like, if you treat someone like an asshole, don't be surprised if they turn out to be one because you've, because everyone assumed he was one. Like, Don't be surprised if they get a flying snowboard and a stupid paintball mask. That was, by the way, total... <sighs> If you needed to do that, do that shit. You needed to have, like, Harry turn into Green Goblin in the beginning of part two. Like, yeah. And earn that crap. But, like, no. Uh, there's a couple of good acting scenes as a result of that plot line. You know, like, Harry getting drunk at the planetarium and that was like, good. slapping him and stuff. You're like, okay, that's cool. Like, this is... this is At least you're giving Frank, James Franco something to chew on. But, like... Oh, yeah. For me, I'm like, the natural, like, closure... Like, you... That he he jumps to such weird conclusions and he no, does. My my main problem with Spider Man Two is that nobody asks, nobody acts like a regular person. Mm. Nobody actually does anything that a human being would do. Like when someone says, "Did you kill my dad?" No. You you say no, even if like <laughs> you you're, say no. You just say no. I mean, like you, you what you don't do is what Peter Parker does in the entire time. Anytime anybody asks him any fucking serious questions, he just looks at them, and then they <laughs> fill in the gaps. That's a weird because thing I don't, to do. I don't like confrontation. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to build that into his character, like, well, you're about like six or seven years too late for like him to be a millennial who would do that anyway. He's just like, I'm afraid of phone calls and confrontations. Like, no. That that's not what this is. He he's just it's just weird. J. Jonah Jameson's also increased. Every, everyone everyone's character gets amplified in the second yeah. one, which is cool and it works yeah. really well. Um, but yeah, I remember. Uh, my, yeah, my problems with Spider Man Two don't take away from the strengths of Spider Man Two. Mm -hmm. It's it's an organic feeling sequel. The action is much better in the yes. sequel. Like that whole bit where they're fighting up the side of the building and Doc Ock has Aunt May hostage and everything. That's great. Oh, it con constant action, and it's not weird and stupid. Um, there's a couple of really weird and stupid conflict like action sequences like when peter loses his powers and then there's another burning building and he has to prove that he can still be a hero even without the powers i i it, it's it's so unearned in such a weird scene that doesn't have any real place in the movie and then mm -hmm. like the little girl who weighs like maybe 12 pounds like pulls peter parker up from like the the broken floor and you're like no what what the f what am i looking at like what is this what, what about the train scene there the one that uh is you know maybe the big showstopper of the movie you know where he uses the webs you know stop everything the runaway about that scene until he does that is awesome i've done i've, I've actually attempted to do a really like uh, like a, a spider-man 2 fan edit that allows like that I want to see if my qualms about the movie and if you remove them actually strengthen the movie. Like I want to put my money where my mouth is and like say, mm -hmm. say like, okay, these are the things that I have a problem with. And it really is just like, if you take them out, I think it'll make a better movie. I want to see if that's true. And so I tried to cut this movie a couple times. There's nothing I can do about that train scene. There's no way you can end that scene 
without him webbing all the walls and then just stopping it with his body and making the most ridiculous faces I've ever seen a human being make. <laughs> and, and everyone then, goes back to that. And then him, like, passing out or whatever, and then, like, Jesusing him over, like, crowd surfing across the... T- like, everything about that is so heavy-handed and weird, and... I don't know what Raimi's trying to say, or rather, yeah. I, cr- I think I know what he's trying to say. I just hope he's not, because I feel like that's such amateur bullshit. <laughs> well, I always assumed they were trying to build on the scene from the first movie that I quite enjoy, and that is where, you know, Goblin's attacking that boat full of children. That's and hackneyed and silly, too. But well, you well here's understand- the thing. Like, like, I like that, and again, this feels weird for a Canadian to say, you know, that was like one of the first big New York movies after 9-11, so it was like, hey, you know, we should have a kind of let's all come together as New Yorkers moment and throw shit at this guy in pajamas. You gotta understand, that movie came out right after 9-11, and New York really did come together and it was a really really kind of like inspiring experience for people. It's the new New York. And so they're trying to capitalize on that and illustrate like yeah the new New York you know like you you know underneath the surface they really all are part of one community and uh, it's silly and saccharine and, and dopey but like you have to understand, people that needed that at the time. Immediately following nine eleven, it really felt good. Like it was, you know how silly it is, but you it also made you feel kind of good. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that train scene, there's no saving it. It because remember, like he try, he goes, okay, I'm gonna web it and then pull. Uh, I'm gonna do the stupid thing I'm gonna do at the end, and then the walls break off. He's like, oh, and, and then you think, okay, he's just trying anything, right? He pushes his feet in the way, and that doesn't work, and so he webs the walls, and that doesn't work. And then you think he's gonna be clever and figure something out and he's like no i just didn't do it enough <laughs> so i'll just keep webbing it and then just hold it with my body which is why when i saw that teaser for spider-man homecoming and he does it again i'm like not again weren't we here already didn't we do this already he's just, i'm just so strong as as brandon thorpe brings up in the chat there you know the uh the spider christ thing was one thing you know the uh, new yorkers coming together after 9-11 thing was one thing but in the third one when spider-man literally swings by an american flag as it billows in the breeze that was too much at the end of two he does the the flag too but it's like he's landing on a flagpole it, and it's only a second two or three is like he wraps himself in the American flag and uses it like a weapon to battle evil. Like that is, that was, we'll get that. That's a little much, but, uh, but yeah, the train scene sucks. Like everything about it is awesome. And then he like pulls the things and, and then he crowd surfs and then the weirdest looking people imaginable get in his way to try and stop the Hawkeye. That scene's great though, where they're like, we're going to stop. It's like a commentary on the, like, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, they all get in the way, and then Doc is like, okay, I have fucking superpowers, and just pushes them all I'll out of the I'll kill you all. I'll kill you all, I don't give a shit. And you're like, oh, wow, like, that's cool, I'm down. That in was In case great. you didn't notice, I'm a maniac. Yeah. The fact that Tobin Maguire is like, I'm Tobin Maguire, and they're paying for this mug. So every time Spider-Man does anything interesting, I'm going to take off my mask. And we'll and yet- make, like convenience happened that makes it so i have to take my mask off and yet i will still argue not as bad as andrew garfield in amazing who made a point about taking it off even more i think i don't but know I, just... I think he took i think i was so so used to it at that point i was like all right you know what that's what they do that's what they do they take their fucking masks off that scene when spider in spider-man one in the rain great looking scene but like tobin mcguire's like you need to know that i'm doing these stunts so for no reason he has his no his mask off while he fights all the thugs in the street 
one again the the scene in the rain there with the upside down kiss and everything that that we got to talk about that was one of the few instances where it's like wow this actually joined the pantheon of great on-screen kisses where you see that in like all the different compilations that's something to say that it came from a superhero movie yes no i like that scene i, I like a lot I like of those too. scenes they 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 recreated spider-man no more from in spider-man 2 and you're like that's cool even though like his powers go away because he's in love yeah. That sucks. If you want to do something, if you want him to, like, lose his powers or or make it so that he's just, he's he's fucking up more because he never really acknowledged the death of his Uncle Ben. He just, he right. just started doing things. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. I, I think they wanted to make the romance story the core of it, which, you know, was a good thing in the first one. Yep. Worked okay in the sequel. Oh, will the romance really fuck them over in the third one, though? Because apparently uh, Dunce and uh, McGuire hated each other by the third one. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. I just know that, like, that sucks. Like, it, three, there's very little that actually works about three. But uh, but Spider-Man Two is a is still a solid entry. Doc Ock's great. The action is solid. The characters. I'd still call it one arcs. of the best sequels. Like him or not, the arcs are all there. Uh, you feel bad for John Jameson because he just gotta get fucked. Yeah, um, yeah, he really does. Uh, Betty Brant gets a name in the second one. In the first one, it's just the girl. In the second one, it's Miss Brant. Yep. Uh, Robbie gets a little bit more lines that are very Robbie Robertson, and that was cool. Um, you know, there was uh, Doctor Connors gets a moment get, get or gets a character in that movie, uh, the, the lizard. Yeah, which you know, man, they were they were telegraphing a great role for poor Dylan Baker that never happened. That really sucks. I like Dylan Baker as an actor, and I was really looking He's forward great. to that lizard. I was really looking forward to a Sam Raimi lizard. Yeah. Uh, and I remember in Spider Man, like when they were doing press, pr- like pre Spider Man Two release, they were like. Uh, they were like, so Toby, there's like a thousand Spider-Man villains. What would you like to see? And he's like, I'd love to see Sandman. Why? And he kept pushing Sandman. And I remember <laughs> For saying, some reason. I remember reading those interviews and going like, well, you're not going to get Sandman, Toby, because Sandman sucks. And then they did Sandman. And I want to say it's because Toby, Mag- Toby Maguire wanted him so badly, which totally that being blows. Said, great looking Sandman. Totally looks like the dude from the comic. Oh, except for his like weird grimacing that like Thomas Hayden church kept doing for no reason where he's like, you're just like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you like taking a dump every, every, every few seconds? Like having a hard poop. He looks just like the Sandman and the sand effect. Really cool. Just really works. But everything about Spider-Man three is a disaster. Yep. It was like, uh, well, I guess we got no reason to be cheerful ever again. I remember that one came out in the year of the disappointing threequel, that was like Shrek 3 and Ocean's 13 and oh. Pirates 3, all in the same year, all in the same summer, like weeks apart from each other. Yeah, no, that was rough. Fuck that summer. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 3, okay, so let's get into Spider-Man 3. Everything let's. about that movie is a disaster. Um, it's broken from start to finish. The humor of J. Jonah Jameson is completely destroyed in 3. Like, everything that you like about J. Jonah Jameson, all the humor of going to the Daily Bugle, the second you go to the Daily Bugle, you are, you are, you are in for a treat. For the, you've, you've learned that. Two movies, when you see the Flatiron Building with the Daily Bugle logo on mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to have a fun time. There's going to be at least a hilarious moment between Ted Raimi and, and, and J.K. J. J. K. Simmons, or there's going to be a funny J.K. Simmons moment. I'm so on board. And then, and then in three... 
it's just like miserable and disgusting. And it's the it's the movie that it's the movie that outed. Okay, so if you're a hardcore Marvel fan, you know the name Avi Arad as the Toy yep. Man. He uh, he's the guy from Toy Biz who injected all the toy bullshit into every Marvel property. He is the guy with like really really terrible decisions that he only makes decisions based on how the action figures will sell. Yeah, and, and because of that, he can buy and sell most people because he got that that plastic dollars. Yes. So then, somehow, he gets some kind of... Uh, but Spider-Man 3 is where he put his face on everything. He put his name on everything. So by the time he gets to 3, everybody's objection about Venom. Everyone knows Avi Arad's the guy who pushed Venom. And so they like that was the movie that vilifies Ami, where everyone's like Avi Arad, fuck that guy. He made them ruin Venom. And then After, mm, gets you, worse. you look back at his career and you go, hey, and he also just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I saw somebody mentioned Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel so bad for Bryce Dallas Howard because I think she's like around our age, and so as yeah, such, I think she, she like. Is. She loves all the same movies we grew up loving, and because her her dad is Ron Howard, she like wants mm-hmm. to be in those movies. And I feel so bad for her because she makes the same decisions I would be. Like, it's true. She's like, "Oh fuck, they're making a Terminator movie. I'm in. Who do I get to play?" And sh- they're like, "You can play John Connor's wife." And she's like, "I'm in." And then everyone's <laughs> like, "Fuck you, Terminator Salvation." She's like, "Damn it." And then it's like, "Hey, I will have Spider Man. I want to be in a Spider Man movie. You get to be Gwen Stacy." Holy Wicked. shit, that's in ruined. No more of that. Hey, how would you like to be in like Jurassic World? <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't Bill Nighy her dad too? Wasn't he Captain Stacy? No, for a that second? was uh, no. It was it was not Bill Bill, Bill Nighy. It was it was Zephram Cochran from uh, First Contact. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, guy's right, name. they both have those weird James faces. James Cromwell, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. But yes, great James Cromwell, good actor, a waste of a character. Um, but yeah. Oh, and uh, Topher Grace, another like. I what see, the fuck were you thinking? Well, that was... I think that was a deliberate decision. Because I remember... Uh, I remember hearing that Aviar is like, gotta put Venom in there. And they're like, okay, we'll hire the worst Venom possible. Just to spite you. Yeah! Like, we'll hire the smallest guy. From that 70s show, which was popular at the time. Well, as I understand it, uh, Toby... Or what, Topher Grace wanted to play Spider-Man. He was one. Of, he was on the short list. It was like him and uh, Gyllenhaal and Maguire. And so they were when blowing they were up like, at that time. So when they were like, "Oh, we gotta make a bad uh, Spider-Man movie," but Sam Raimi still wants to have some kind of like integrity. He's like, "Okay, so like if Doc Ock is like the good version of Spider-Man's like future, then Eddie Brock should be like the bad version of Spider-Man's future." And you're like, "No." And we learn nothing about Eddie Brock to prove this in the movie. He's just kind of there like, nah, I'm a morally unscrupulous journalist. I take pictures when maybe I shouldn't. Yep, he was, which is funny because both Topher Grace and Jake Gyllenhaal apply to be Spider-Man and fail. But then Topher Grace plays a unscrupulous, amoral news photographer. And that is a prelude to James Frank, or uh, to... uh, Gyllenhaal playing uh, Nightcrawler, which was an amazing movie. Amazing movie. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's just, just no, <laughs> there's no connection there. But, uh, but yeah, I like Spider-Man what you were doing. Worlds. I'm like, is he going to Nightcrawler? I think he's going to Nightcrawler. Yeah, we're going to Nightcrawler. By the way, and I, Nightcrawler was the name of a Marvel character. By the way, I th- I think there's like this this crazy looking restaurant in Nightcrawler. 
And I think I ate there one time. I was like, ooh, I think I'm in that neat restaurant from Nightcrawler. Nice. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Spider-Man 3 sucks, and everything about it sucks. Like, there's a few things that work. Let's talk about the things we like about Spider-Man 3. Man, this is hard. Um... I, I can I can name it right off the bat, because in my fan edit of Spider-Man 2, I <clears throat> lose, like, 30 minutes, and I get them back by cutting in the scene of Sandman attacking the armored car. Oh, that was a cool scene. I open the movie with that and intercut it with the pizza delivery scene. So he Ooh. actually winds up like, instead of saving the two kids from being hit by a car, he He's has to go fight Sandman. And then the scene ends where he gets fired, or he, where he, he he gets fired, and then he... No, I'm sorry. He, he, he goes, where do these guys come from? And then he gets fired... And then he gets fired by J. Joe James. And it's a whole thing. Like it just Jeez, you put a lot of time and effort into this fan edit, I, I can know. tell. And what sucks is there's no way I can even like release it. Like if I were to go ahead and cut this movie again, like I can't release it anywhere like that anyone would see it without getting like a huge copyright strike. So I'd have to release it either like from a different account or on like Vimeo or something. I don't yeah. know. Daily motion, no one watches that. That's true, that's a good one. Well anyway. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess Sandman is okay. He looks like the character, but I don't buy his whole sympathetic thing and the fact that he's so, you know, easily manipulated. Yeah. And the fact that he just kind of, like, floats away at the end. No, that sucks. Like, uh, Actually, here's something funny for you. The Spider-Man 3 video game actually had a better reason for why Sandman decided to help Venom at the end, and that is Venom's like, oh, yeah, I kidnapped your daughter. She's in the trunk of the car with Mary Jane. Yeah. When the video game has a better piece of writing than the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't play the video games. I heard Spider-Man 2 is, like, one of the best Spider-Man video games of all time. One of the best swinging, yep, definitely. That's cool. Sw swinging never felt nearly as good, but ironically, the third games were also kind of like the third movie in that as well. This is greatly disappointing in comparison. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, also, we got to mention this fact, too. And one of the things I hate, hate, hate about 3 is that they retconned the death of Uncle Ben. You didn't so need to crappy. go. Was, it was fine. You didn't need to mess with it. It was is, fine. I was really expecting them to do that in the comics. Oh, like, were you now? Because they, it was literally the Avengers Disassembled Spider-Man organic webbing bullshit is a direct response to him getting organic webbing in the movies. They're like, we gotta have it be like the movie. I was like, oh shit. Like, these movies are hugely popular. There's no way they're not gonna just steal from this terrible movie and make it ruin the comics. But then they were like, no, the movie was, the movie was bullshit. Nobody fucking liked this movie. So we don't have to, we don't have to ruin it. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I do. I mean, like, obviously everyone's gonna say, like, the emo, like... I'm I have the black costume and so I got to like fix my hair and make me a bad guy. I mean, I think that's kind of a dead horse people have been beating, but yeah, okay, I can understand why people didn't yeah, you like it. You got to reference them at least like the dancing, the suit, the the emo-ness, the the musical number really blows. The fact that they changed uh Mary Jane's goals from being an actor, she's literally being a singer, in the yeah. importance to being earnest to becoming a singer on Broadway, which is hilarious because she sucks. Yeah. And she can't have that job. Like, they fucking fire her. Or, or, or you know, the fact, too, that it seems like, you know, their problems would be easily fixed, but they don't choose to fix their easily fixable problems. Yeah. No. It's weird. 
it's, very weird. There's, there's a lot of weird choices that I think are representative of a just lack of momentum. It's just like Sam Raimi's like, I'm gonna make a Spider-Man 3 and it's gonna be about this! And the studio's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You have turned this into a Happy Meal franchise now. You can't be doing that. Like, it, it was like, uh, you know what it actually is? It parallels the Batman franchise perfectly. Yeah, because, it does. you know, Batman Forever, it's like, okay, I guess we'll, like, make the fap the Happy Meals of, like, of Penguin with the blood, with the black blood <laughs> drooling out of his mouth and Catwoman in her bondage outfit and Batman shooting and murdering clowns. And, uh, what? No, make it like a like a big gay Vegas sideshow, <laughs> and then Please. that was where Batman Forever came in, and uh, and you're like, what? I, w I, I wasn't following movies at the time I was a child, so I have no way of doing that. But like, that's not what I was just seeing. What, what is Batman Forever? Spider-Man Three is the same thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a billion dollar franchise. We're trying to make the making Benjamins and action figures and movies and cartoons and stuff. Like, you can't you can't have a movie about Sandman. I, th I think, too, you know, the first two were, like, actual works of art from creative people. The third one is, like, this is product now. This is a product that we are making. Yeah. Leave your artistic integrity at the door because we got key demos we got to hit, motherfucker. Exactly. But, like, what demos are you hitting with, like, the, my daughter is sick. She's sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to become a Sandman. I have a locket. I'm not a bad guy. No, you are. You're a bad guy. <laughs> No, 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 but I'm not a bad guy, though. No, you are. Oh, oh, oh I'm blowing away. <laughs> Don't arrest later. me or anything. I'm blowing away. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Or the fact that they recreate, because again, big fan of the animated series, the fact that they recreate the church scene with Venom, but it totally isn't as good as the cartoon. Listen, the, the church scene is in the comics. Hedy I Brock, know. Except I don't think, is Tover Grace's character planning on murdering, is, is like killing himself? I don't know. They, no, he says very... something like, I want you to kill Peter Parker. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, God, help me out. Kill this guy I don't like. Yeah, no, in the comics, it's it's, but it's almost identical that Spider-Man's upstairs. He uh, needs to get the, the, the symbiote off of him. They, hit, they toll the bells. The difference is in the cartoon, it's done like, it's actually done with integrity. But what's funny is it's exactly like the cartoon in the movie in that Brock is there at the same time mm -hmm. and has, like, telescopic vision and can see who Spider-Man is at the time. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> no, wait, no. The comic, the cartoon is like the comic book because Brock is not there at the same time. It's that the symbiote, like, goes away and they think that it, and Peter thinks it dies. And then it just sits there and waits. And then it feels Brock's hatred for Peter Parker. And so it goes to him. Like, that's cool. The movie's garbage. Yeah, it is. And that scene is just, ugh. I don't know why. Maybe it was in his contract, but Tobey Maguire should never be, like, asked to scream. Mm-hmm. Oh, every time I mean, he does, he looks like a fucking idiot. Even even Rosemary Harris' Aunt May gets taken down a peg in this movie. Yep. Yeah. It's just really sad and really unhappy. Then she tells him a story about, you know, Uncle Ben proposing. It's like, and I'm sure this story won't make you go do things that you'll regret. Yeah. Rosemary Harris is okay. She was a great Aunt May in the first one. The second one, she's weird. Oh yeah, how so? Well, she's like, I, I don't like you. Like, yeah, she's, she's. Everyone is an asshole in two. Like, <laughs> his aunt is being foreclosed on. And all I can think about is that is is that he's he he's losing his powers and his and the girlfriend that he doesn't have that he's trying not to get that he like he's emotionally abusing doesn't like him, and 
when he comes to visit her after dropping a bombshell of I killed your husband, he discovers that she has been physically moving herself out of their childhood home. Yeah. But she but don't worry, she's giving a child the age of like nine five dollars to aid in her in, in her moving into an apartment. He had no uh, he he made no attempt to help her in that process. Yeah. He doesn't move a chair or a dresser nope. or a bed. He doesn't even That's know what annoying. the address of the apartment is. All he shows up. She says, I know you're Spider-Man, and you should be Spider-Man. And then he leaves her there. Yeah, that bug game. And that never really helps her again. And then the next time you see her is literally in her shitty apartment in the worst Spider-Man movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot. You know, people say it's the feel-good movie of the year. That was the feel-bad movie of the year. Yeah. No, and Spider-Man is incredibly emotionally abusive of Mary Jane in two. He's yeah, he like. Is. Because he, okay, second, first, at the end of the first one, I can't be with you, I've got to be your friend. It's a sacrifice. I've just got to keep her at arm's length, otherwise my enemies, of which I have one right now, and he's <laughs> dead. But uh, there's more to come. We'll figure out that I'm, that I'm Spider-Man and they'll use her to get at me. Okay, then in two. It is my two, gift, it is my curse, yeah. Yeah, then in two, he keeps, like, promising to be there and not being there. And then when she's like, are we together? He just says, like, Ugh. and then she goes, like, okay, well, I'm going to move on. And the second she says I'm moving on is the second that he tries to get back together with her. Because he's like, I'm going to see your play. She's like, I'm seeing somebody now. I'm giving you a shot to go out with me. You didn't take it. I'm seeing somebody. And he's like, oh, you're seeing somebody. Well, then I guess I'll come see your play. Why? You won't see it the whole movie. Then you find out that she's seeing somebody and that's your motivation to go see her play. Yeah. That's fucked it's up. Not, that's in retrospect, abusive, it's not friend. great. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, he goes out with uh, with Rosie and Doc Ock and they ask him if he has a girlfriend. He says, I don't know. I don't <sighs> know. That's not a good answer. That's not a good answer. That's a creepy answer. That's the answer that a sociopath gives. But, he's but like, not as creepy as uh, Garfield in the next ones. What with the taking pictures without permission and having a shrine and everything. But I get where you're coming that's from. That's very creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. That's what. That's that's a lazy movie director decision. That's he's a photographer. He likes this girl. Obviously, he's going to have thousands of photos of them. Yeah, with the eyes cut out because you know. Because I love weird. you so much. That's weird. That's weird. There's a lot of weird <laughs> decisions. Amazing Spider-Man 1, I don't even think that they even decided to do that. I, I feel like that is such a patchwork corporate boardroom movie. They're like, this scene, so then scene 8 doesn't jive with scene 4. We'll replace them. Like, that's literally like, everyone at the table, it's like that scene in Key and Peel where they're pitching Gremlins 2. Ah. It's like, you get a scene, you get a scene, you get a scene, and then we'll put them all together. And, uh, uh, like, every scene is to appeal to a key demographic. Can he pl can he listen to, to beats? Can he use, can he have beats headphones while he, like, do like skateboards? You know, like, what, what other products can we jam into this movie? But no, mm -hmm. Spider-Man 2 is garbage. The, the, there is one redeeming thing about 3, though, that we haven't talked about yet. Because we were talking about yes, 3, but you doubled three. back I'm on sorry, your hatred just, of 2. He's an emotional well, abusive monster. It kind of gets a little better. And then he actually gets possessed by a monster that makes him actually mm -hmm. abusive. And that's fucking weird. The, the thing about 3 that, you know, is the one positive thing I remember is just James Franco swinging for the fucking fences in that one when he decides, I'm evil now. Yeah. Mmm, pie. <laughs> That was weird. That she was tastes everything. like strawberries, Peter. Mm. <laughs> this is what villains do, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> again, by the way, 
No one acts like a human being. Hey, Peter, pretend like we're talking. Harry's hiding behind a tree watching us right now. He's gone completely insane. I know you're <laughs> Spider-Man and his dad was the Green Goblin because obviously we've been dating for a year or two. You must have told me that, um, that Harry's dad was the Green Goblin. Like, no, none of that. Also, the weird-ass amnesia plot out of nowhere. Like, oh my god, we're watching a freaking soap opera now. Characters That's have amnesia. That's a comic book thing. Th oh, I know. Because the goblins always got amnesia because they, they knew did. who Peter Parker was. That's the only way to keep it se to keep the secret safe. The amnesia thing for me was like the most like actual comic book moment in those movies. Yeah. Oh, or the stupid butler who comes out of nowhere. Hey, Peter. Or hey, Harry. I didn't tell you this. But... He was in the first two movies. <laughs> he was in Bernard. the background. And then they build up his role in the third one, but it's just such like a last minute, hey, guess what? I probably should have told you this well, right away. It's but. weird because it's like, you should have, that scene is Peter's scene. Peter's yes. supposed to say, like, Peter's supposed to like web Harry to a wall and be like, and be like, whoa, I just knocked over my drink. And be like, listen, Harry, I'm sorry that I acted really weird for the last two movies, but here's the bottom line. Your dad was the Green Goblin. He tried to hit me with a Goblin Glider. I've got this auto-reflexive, like, response unit, met, like, power that makes me react to shit without thinking, and I we moved out of the way and he killed himself. Like, <laughs> I I'm sorry. And I put him there because, and I, you know, and I took off all of his clothing and I draped him in silken robes and I placed him on a love seat because I wanted you to preserve that memory of your dad that you had. Like, that's, that's the conversation you have. And then if he says, no, then at least you tried. But literally every time he's given an opportunity and he's given at least two, not if not like three or four, if you take any opportunity where he meets Harry and could have talked mm -hmm. to him at any point. Could have like, been his no scene. No one takes that opportunity. Scene. It's weird. Amazing Spider is taking me to task in the thing where it's like, it was one picture, Joel. You're always shitting on those movies. Yeah, one picture you took without permission is very creepy. There's laws against that some places. <laughs> That's it actually is. a crime. Yeah, it is creepy and weird. I mean, like, but like I said, I don't even think that, I, I think that was like, that might have been the set designer's decision. There's a thousand people involved in making a movie. I, I do feel like, I don't know if that's in the script, where it's like, Peter has many photos of Gwen that he took, and it's all over his, like, bedroom, and, like, he, he, and he masturbates to them daily. Like, I don't think that there's any fucking, anything like that. That's how I read it. Now, the, the weird thing, I remember the Amazing Spider-Man trailer, and he goes, but the greatest mystery of all time is what happened to my parents. And I was like, Ugh. what? Who They've asked done that for that? They've done that in the comics, and it's never been good. That was the moment where I'm like, yep, this is full-on lateral reboot filmmaking. We need to do something different. We need to do anything different, yep. even if no one cares, even if it's stupid. Yeah. All you needed was a scene. Like, all you needed was a movie where this kid has a Spider-Man costume, <laughs> and he fights any one of a dozen bad guys. Mm -hmm. And if you want to say not a dozen, four. You have four bad guys you could pick. That are good. That don't involve space aliens. <laughs> or if you don't want to do space aliens, pick up like the eighth volume of Ultimate Spider-Man and make it a cancer suit. Like, yeah. what the fuck? But uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies are a beast unto themselves because like, I think they that, really are. I think that with Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, that's... We want to make a superhero movie. We got Sam Raimi. He seems to have some kind of affinity for the material. There was artistry involved. And he and he tried. And and with three, that was very much the reason why that movie is so anemic is because 
you've got an artist railing against the studio and the oh, studio yeah. is getting its druthers. That's Sony being like, we're making fucking, we make, we have a, we have one movie franchise that makes a billion dollars every fucking time. And it made a lot of money. Even the third one, even when it sucked, even when reviews were bad, it still made a lot of money. Yes. Uh, but, but with one, two and three, the decisions are weird. Like the, but the Spider-Man three, the decisions. Okay. The amazing Spider-Man movies, which we should do another episode about. Yeah, because they are a beast unto like, their own. Those are bad in the way that, like, Sharktopus versus the, like, Sharknado or whatever are bad. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 is bad like The Room because, like, somebody yes. wanted those scenes in there. You know, Yeah, like, th- there's something unintentionally funny about a lot of Spider-Man 3. They're, yeah, they're deliberate. Like, they, they really just screwed up in a, in a way... That like and and actually it's probably more like studio versus artist and so as such like you got this piece of shit movie. Geez, when studios and artists fight each other, it's like you get bad results or something. It's weird, uh, and it's also weird that studios hire artists to create art and then have a problem when that art is experimental or like unique. Uh, hey, you know you could just go off an assembly line and make garbage movies, but like then you get. That's that production company that makes those Sharknado movies. Because, like, that's the thing, okay? Bad movies aside, you know, you want to talk about bad movies? The Room uh, is a movie that someone believed they could make because they ha- it's like an Ed Wood movie. Where it's like, oh, they I, believed in it with all their heart. They I didn't know they were making myself. crap. I have no reason to believe in my own talent, but I do. And I'm <laughs> going to make it happen, come hell or high water. And, like, it's... And it's just a glorious schadenfreude experience where you're like, oh, why did you do that? This is the greatest, this is like the greatest monumentary ego I've ever seen. Man, we got to do a commentary on The Room one of these days. I Next love... time we're bored and don't have a show topic. Seriously? That almost happened today. I was like, man, we got to talk about some, oh, Spider-Man movies. We haven't done that yet. Dude, but... if you pitch that, I'd be like, in. Yeah, but uh, but with Sharknado and stuff, that's literally Someone with a fucking clipboard going, what do we got to have? Bad actors? Check. We got to have terrible CG? Not even going to try? Check. Uh, a, a, ba- a worse actor cameo? Check. Uh, like, can we get a gratuitous sex scene in there for the DVD release? Check. Like, a, 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 like a, a really flimsy plot? Like, I want you to write this over a weekend, and I want you to, like, and I want you to make it really bad. Like, check. That's not a bad movie. That's, like... That's that's an artist in and of itself, like making something that that is assembly line. That's factory bullshit. That yeah. is making something deliberately bad. That doesn't mean anything. Like Indeed. it's it, it is inherently valueless. That's why when everyone is everyone's like, I love bad movies like The Room and Sharknado. I'm like, no, Sharknado is made. It's like a porno movie. <laughs> like it's made to make a buck off of people who desperately think they need that thing. It's like an thing, underworld yeah. movie. Nah. So anyway, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> Why do I feel there will be no underworld episode where we talk about all of them? Probably because I've only seen one and a half of them. <laughs> same, same here. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I-, I watched the prequel one time. Oh, wasn't that two? I, I don't. You know what? I don't remember. But, but, but one was vampires and werewolves, and then the sequel was the super vampire werewolf hybrid, and then the third one was the prequel. I think. <sighs> that's then they the made stupidest. one in the fucking future and they got that new one blood war i don't even know what the hell that's about i wouldn't even i don't care that's not for me i know people <laughs> who love underworld let them enjoy it they can have it but like i could see where you know what even now that's i i don't i can't tell if underworld is a movie where they're like gotta go down the list to make sure it's got all this garbage in it but like those that that, that production company that makes those movies that's a porno movie 
that's like so it's got to have like you know it's like pirates of the like fuck a being you know like we got to make something it's <laughs> ah the classic like it's a joke about a movie and it's got bad acting and then every five minutes there's got to be a dick like you know it's just garbage but uh spider-man one two and three like him or hate him they have some intrinsic value. They started a revolution of superhero oh, yeah. movies, I'd say. I would say I think they're still kind of the framework that a lot of these movies work from in, yeah. you know, trying to build a franchise where it's like, you know, you get your good base in the first one, you explore and build on it in the second, and then you try not to fuck it all up in the third one. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I was just thinking about how, um, yeah, yeah, how uh, how those movies are like, if the Marvel movies don't have a director like um, Sam Raimi, which is why they kind of have a sameness to them. Like, they're just kind of like, we make these movies. Like, you know. Uh, but I think that if you gave... You know, like, if Edgar Wright had made, a, had made Ant-Man, Ant-Man would yeah. have, a, have a more Spider-Man feel. Because they are yeah. kind of the same movies. And as much as, like, they're an origin story about this character, and there's heart in there, and there's, like, a couple of comic book references, and that's what you get. Mm. But, like, because the Marvel movies, you know, some of them have some kind of, like, evocative moment. Like, First Avenger, I think, or Captain America has a couple of moments because it's made by the guy who made the Rocketeer. Like, yes, it has a feeling. But, you know, like, Iron Man's cool and it's great and it's a solid movie, but, like, it doesn't have that that campy factor or that, like, very specific artist factor. Like, there's no yeah. director's signature thing in Iron Man. It's just a... It's just a there isn't the movie. third one, though, when you get Shane Black. But that's Shane Black. It's in, you get a it's, lot of blackism. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's set at Christmas. Everyone's an asshole. There's no Iron Man suit. Like, there's a little kid who's an idiot. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there. But uh, that said... Um, I dig Spider-Man movies, and uh, there's a little bit... Of, they, they have earned nostalgia. Anybody oh, God, who yeah. likes those movies, I give them a total pass. Even though I have a problem with, like, the irresponsibility of Peter Parker as a human being in those movies. Indeed. You just shut that part off, and you just watch Spider-Man fight Octopus, Doc Ock, and you're like, this is great! And those arms still hold up. They still they do. Man, I feel I feel bad for the guy who eventually has to play Doc Ock again. And you figure maybe, like, the Homecoming sequel. Oh, yeah. They'll but get you know him what? in like, there or something. But I'm ready. Like, I really want to see Doc Ock. The fact that we got Vulture is kind of brilliant because, um, number one, we've never seen him. Number two, mm-hmm. he's so, like, on the like off the radar for a lot of people, especially the general population. If you love oh, yeah. Spider-Man, then of course you're going to think Vulture. But, like, if, off, for everybody else, he's just another villain. Like, he's just any villain. It doesn't matter. But, and they got freaking Batman to be him. And they got Michael Keaton, which is fucking awesome. I can't wait. That's going to be great. But uh, great. but like I'm looking forward to when Marvel can use Doc Ock or Electro mm. or like somebody up there like hell even Venom you could have Venom the the symbiote jump out of one of them cosmic cubes or whatever <laughs> oh, I'm sure they would do it. or better yet the Guardians of the Galaxy hey I found this black goo what should we do with the black goo oh I could see Rocket being like ah who tracked this into the ship kick into Bush. And it's the symbiote, and you're just like, why not? Who gives a shit? Wouldn't that be some shit? The Guardians of the Galaxy are the ones that brought the symbiote to Earth by accident. I mean, like, at this point, I really, like, I can't, it's hard for me to get outraged about a lot of the stuff that Marvel, the the Marvel movies do, because I'm just like, whatever. (laughs) But, uh, but that said, you know, the, the, the the Spider-Man movies have a lot of heart. They do, they really do. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, earnestness. Yeah, and again, to compare it to, you know, the Richard Donard Superman, I think that's why they've maintained so well, especially that first one. There's something about them. 
Totally. Absolutely. Uh, any final it, thoughts it, about it, Spider-Man? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that to borrow Highlander, it's a kind of magic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's nice. I mean, Iron Man it, has that as well, where it's like... It does. It's in a vacuum, and you're just like, well, you were not expecting it, and I can watch it any time. Mm-hmm. I would say that about the first Captain America, too. There's a kind of magic in that one as well. Yes, and I think that's because the director, whose name escapes me, uh, Joe... Yeah. But... Uh, Joe Rocketeer, yeah. Yeah. Um, he needed a, he needed a hit and he was really like, he just, he, he needed something really good to just demonstrate his abilities. And then Joe Johnson, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Uh, but like solid, just, yeah, I, I love Cap. I can watch that anytime too. Captain America, I'm a big fan of your films. <laughs> oh, and the Star Spangled Man. Yeah. Ugh. I hear that Hugo Weaving's kind of open to the idea of coming back. Is he now? After Took him a talking, decade, but I think... <laughs> after talking all that mad shit for so long. I heard a rumor that he seems to be interested, or that he's he's like, nah, I'll do it. I would do it. Look, you played Smith two more times than you should have, and you were Elrond one or two more times than you should have. <laughs> you can be Red Skull one more time. I, I, I still want Hans Landa for the role, even though I... <laughs> Even though I, I don't think that'll ever happen. No, I want uh, either... Well, okay, if he can't play Doctor Doom, then he can play Hair Skull. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be good, too. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it for us here on Elseworlds Exchange. Be sure to ch- stick around to catch the uh, a Captain America episode of Back Issues here ah, on Ah, fitting. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's, uh, this, is one, this is one of my favorite Captain America books of all time. Be is sure it to, now? Yeah, and if you get a chance to, tweet it at Mark Wade. <laughs> Ah, nice. But, uh, yeah, uh, Joel, what's happening on Cape Joel? Uh, well, you know, it's Wednesday, and we got an, uh, tons of new comics. We got the new All-Star Batman. We got new Detective Comics. We got the Power Rangers Justice League crossover that came out this week. I won't be covering that on my channel because I'm actually covering it for the DC Fan Channel. It was supposed to go up today, but we got into some stuff. It'll probably be up tomorrow. Of course, I'll be tweeting that around. Be sure to check that out. Also, for podcast fans... Uh, the Comic Multiverse came back this week. If you head on over to my channel right now, you can listen to the brand new episode that Matt and I did. We cover a bunch of the news of that was away, and uh, we also just talked about what we read. Nice. Well, looking forward to that, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure to check us out on the poll on Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Mm. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll see you guys next time in another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, check us out next week where my guest will be Ashley Victoria Robinson. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she's going to stop in. We're going to... I think we're going to talk about Robin. We'll see. Looking forward That's to cool. it. That's cool. But uh, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. Peace. Oh, I can't say peace. That's not mine. Uh, <laughs> Somewhere Rob's ears are burning. Like, That's copyright infringement, motherfucker. And then, uh, you know what will happen? I'll hear a... <whistles> and I'll be like, oh, damn it. Rob's periscoping about me. Man, can you believe that he absolutely stole my catchphrase? <laughs> yeah. Can't believe this shit. That's what, it'll, that's what it'll be called. Uh, well, <laughs> Alan Scott, everybody. <laughs> Alan Scott to you, too. <laughs>